This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. This six-part Bible study being taught by Pastor Ray entitled, Your Battle Over Discouragement, Doubt and Compromise, is one of the most profound and biblically precise messages you will ever hear on these stumbling blocks that most Christians battle with daily. We see that as life's pressures grow, so likewise does discouragement, acting as a crowbar that opens the door to doubt. Now in doubt, and no longer trusting that God is the solution to our problem, most will take the path of least resistance, the devil's preferred landing place called compromise. Listen carefully to the 16 simple Bible-based steps pastor suggests every believer should consider in battling these powerful forces. Now, here's pastor on More Than Conquerors Radio with today's solution to changing your life. Sometimes discouragement comes because we see the prosperity, the achievements, and the advancements of others around us. That ever happened to you? It's happened to me. I'm believing God for something, putting all my prayer and all my faith into it, crying out to God, and somebody that I know in the church gets what I'm praying for and believing God for before I get it. That ever happened to you? I think, I, I think it was this group I told, gave the testimony of the story about when we were in, in, the, in, the, in the building project and, and we, were, we were at the end of all the money that we had and there was, there was nowhere to get money. No bank would lend it. There was nobody in the church who was given it. They had given everything they could give. We were only 150 people and the building was halfway done and we had no idea, at least I did. Everybody's looking to me, Pastor, what are we going to do? And I'm looking up to God saying, God, what are we going to do? One of my staff members comes and tells me that the church down the street, or it was a church, local church, a, a rich businessman came in and gave a million dollars to that ministry. And I, my first reaction was, God, you sent that man to the wrong pastor and the wrong church. That church is not even in a building program, and you sent a million dollars to that church and that man. God... This is not fair. I would love to tell you that I was rejoicing with those who were rejoicing, but I was not rejoicing with those who were rejoicing. I had a really bad attitude for a very brief moment of time. I got my head together. Now, the story went on, and I guess I told this group, I don't know, but I'll tell it again because probably you didn't listen, and if you did, you've forgotten about it anyway. So I'll tell you again. So now, now I got it, got it right, and, and I got my heart right, and I, I repented of my bad attitude, and I got down on my knees, and I prayed, and I said... I said, Lord, forgive me, and I thank you for for blessing that church and that pastor with the million dollars. Well, I truly did. I got my my heart together. God gave us a different way, and we were able to finish the building. But fast forward about four years, three or four years, God sends a very wealthy business person into this church. And um, he says to me, and I'll just fast forward, he calls me up one day after having been in the church for a couple of months, or maybe it was maybe a year. He calls me up and he says, Pastor, he says, you know, we've been moving around over the last few years and we don't, uh, we haven't had a home church 
and uh, we've been putting our tithe away in an account, in an investment account, and we've just been waiting for the Lord to tell us where to put this tithe. You know, one of the things I didn't really focus on in last week is that that's awesome. When you, when you think about the kind of money that this man sowed into the body of Christ and into the church, that was awesome. That was awesome. So he said to me, we've been putting this money, and I'll tell you the amount if you weren't here. We've been putting this amount away, and he said, um, we believe that this is the church. We love you. We love what you're doing. And he said, my accountant's going to call you, and we'll transfer that money over to the church. He said, there's a little over a million dollars in that account. So now, wait. So, so when the accountant called me, the little over a million dollars was $1.3 million. Just like that. Less than a year later, he comes back to me. He says, look, we're, we're going to be moving. He moved out of the state, moved to another state. He said, before we go, we have a, another tie that we want to give to you. He said, my accountant's going to call you again. I was really getting to love this accountant and these <laughs> phone calls with this accountant. He said, this, my accountant's going to call you. We'll transfer you know, the money over. It turned out to be another $500,000. So in a matter of a little over a year, uh, he tithed. This wasn't a gift. It was his tithe because your tithe is not your gift. It's your responsibility. Did you hear what I said? This wasn't a gift. This was his tithe, which, was, which is your responsibility. So in a matter of a little over a year, he tithed to the church $1.8 The church down the road got a million, but this church got $1.8 So I say that. I say that to say that you just don't know when you're going to arrive at your destination. Because you see, what you don't realize is right now, while you're praying and you're seeing others around you getting blessed sometimes with the things that you're desiring, right? It's like you're believing God for a car and the person sitting behind you, sister, who, whoever, every week you hug and kiss and shake hands and, and you're believing God for a car and she comes and says, guess what? I just got a brand new car. And you're, you're, like your heart sinks down to your feet because you're the one that's been waiting and expecting God to move on your behalf. Well, when you learn to rejoice with people, you just don't know when your day is coming. You don't know when your day is coming. You see, I didn't know this. God was already working in that man's life way back there when I got the testimony of the guy down the street getting a million. This guy who ended up in our church, he was already putting money into an account that was put aside. He didn't know it. I didn't know it. But to be deposited in Living Word Christian Church. And at the right moment of time, we came together and it all became a reality. Let's go over to Habakkuk. Let's go to chapter 2. So he said to Daniel, the message is true, but the appointed time is long. So you've got to be committed to the journey. You've got to be committed to the process. You've got to be committed to the, to the task. You've got to stay on the road. You can't quit and give up because the appointed time is uh, may not be right now. So here in Habakkuk chapter 2, um, verse 2, he says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Well, that's where, that's where a lot of people are at fault right there, is that you got to write the vision down. Do you know what your vision is? Do you know where you want to be? Do you know where you want to, what you want to be doing? Do you know what you want to accomplish? I mean, there was a time in, and I still do it somewhat, but in, in those early days, there was a time when I would write down exactly where I wanted to be, what I wanted to be doing, 
where I wanted to be financially, where I wanted to be living, where I had it all written down. It was my vision that I put before me and, and I just prayed on it and I thanked God for it and I stayed on it. The, there was a long period of time and some of it hasn't even been fulfilled yet. I'm still waiting for some of it. So he says, write the vision down. So you ought to write it down. Where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? Where, what do you want to be earning? I even wrote that down at one point. I already determined what income level I wanted to be at. I was tired of being broke, poor, and insufficient. And I said, you know what? That's going to be my vision. And I had to be committed to the walk. I had to be committed to the task. I had to be committed to, to the waiting time. Couldn't get impatient, because if you do, you're going to get yourself discouraged. You're going to start to doubt. And ultimately, you're going to make a compromise. You're going to back up. Could have had this. Remember the shoulda, woulda, coulda group? Could have had this but I settled for this because I got discouraged. And I ultimately, because that's, see, that's the place the devil wants to get you to. Discouragement is the door that he walks you through, but the ultimate place is to get you to a place of compromise. He doesn't like when God's, God's children begin to manifest blessings in their life. Why? Because that's your faith being turned to sight. And when your faith is turned to sight, you have something called a testimony. And when you have a testimony, that's the proof of God working in your life. You see, and, and when you have a testimony, you have something to stick in the devil's face because he cannot, he cannot, he cannot huh, deny the testimony or contest the testimony because the testimony is the proof of your faith working and God working and God blessing you in your life. So that's why he wants to bring you to the place of compromise. Because compromise means I back up. Compromise means I make a concession. Compromise means I settle for less. Compromise means I quit or I give up or I back up. And that's exactly where the enemy wants to go. And I've seen it over and over and over again in the lives of people. People just don't want to. See, see you, know, you know really what, what we need in the body of Christ? We need people who are willing to endure. We need, to, we need to get endurance back working in our lives. That we're willing to. You know, what, you know what endurance means? Simple definition of the word endurance. It means staying power. Stay, in other words, I'm going to stay with it until it matters. You stay on this walk long enough. You stay on the word of God long enough. You refuse to quit, give up, back up, compromise. Eventually, your faith will be turned to sight. The things you're believing for will become a reality in your life. But you've got to be committed. You've got to endure because the appointed time may not be right now. The appointed time may be a week from now, six weeks from now, six months or six years from now. I don't know. But God knows exactly what you need, when you need it, and he knows how to get it to you better than you could ever figure it out for yourself. So he says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Everybody say, appointed time. But notice what it says, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. It will ultimately come to pass, if you'll just hang on there. In other words, I can be in this in-between. 
believing for the promise and starting this journey to it actually manifesting. And I could be here being totally frustrated that nothing seems to be happening. I'm going to tell you what, when you think that things aren't, being hap things aren't happening, get ready. I have news for you. You may not see it in the natural realm, but behind the veil of this natural world, God is doing something. God is responding to your faith, even though you can't see it, even though you can't feel it, even though you don't know it. God is responding to your acts of faith. And I'm telling you, it's going to be turned to sight more quickly than you could ever imagine. This time can be a time of terrible frustration or a wonderful time of preparation. In other words, get yourself ready to walk into the blessing that you are believing God for. Do whatever it is that you need to do. Here, get your act together so that when you walk into the blessing, you don't screw it up. You don't mess it up because you still don't have, you know, you don't, you don't have your act together. You haven't learned diligence. You haven't learned how to, you know, manage things. It's like people, let, let's use the marriage thing. I want to get married. I want a husband. I want a wife. Oh, God. Oh, 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 oh. Everything's churning. I just got to. You don't know how to balance a checkbook. You don't know how to treat a lady. You're a nagging woman. You're spoiled. Have to have your way. Come on, let's just talk real. at me like that. I, did, I said what I said and I meant what I said. Terror. See, and, and you're all frustrated. How come, how come, you know, no, I can't find anybody. Everybody's getting married around me. Well, honey, sweetheart, baby, maybe instead of being frustrated, start preparing. Brother, start preparing your life. Learn how to turn your mess into, into something, you know, that's positive and good. Because if you're not ready, you're going to walk into that blessing and you're going to destroy the very blessing. That See, here, people believe it. Well, go, I want to go into my own business. I want my own business. I want my own business. I'm tired of working. I hate the boss. I hate the people I work with. I don't like the building. I don't like working for anybody. I feel like I'm in bondage. Brother, so first of all, let me tell you what. You think you got trouble working for somebody? Wait till you go into your own business. You think, you think it's less pressure? It's a whole lot more. I've been there, done that. See, now you want to be in business. You don't know how to manage money. Every dollar you get, you spend two. Your checkbook looks like you went at it with a knife. It's all red, all bloody. You don't know how to manage people. You don't know how to talk to people. You don't know how to get the best out of people. All you do is make people mad. You're, you're, you don't have your act together. You're, you're, you're not a person of excellence. You don't look it. You don't act it. Your car is a mess. Your house is a mess. Everything around you is a mess. And you want a business. And you want a business. God bless me with the business. Where's the business? God, where's the business? Everybody's got a business. I want a business. <laughs> Stop doing this to me, God. The time from 
believing and setting your faith forward to the time it manifests in your life is an appointed time, but this time shouldn't be a time of frustration. You ought to be preparing yourself. Preparation. That's how you fight discouragement in your life. I'm working towards it. I know there are things I got to do. And every step you're taking in perfecting yourself and building yourself and learning and growing and getting ready so that you walk into that blessing and you don't destroy the blessing. That's why I believe God held me back from a larger church when I was crying out back then. I went to every pastor's conference in the country trying to learn how to grow a church bought the tapes, bought the books, progressed to the CDs. <laughs> Read it all, took notes, eager, prayed about it, tried it. And you want, you want to know something? Not one of it worked. I was trying to force something before it's time. I thought I was ready and God says, you aren't ready. So God had to kind of keep me in a place until my appointed time and until I learned the lesson that I am, I'm not quite there yet. I'm not where I started, but I'm not where I want to be. I'm somewhere in between. I, instead of being frustrated, I think I'll turn this into a time of preparation. So God, teach me what you need to teach me. Show me what I need to do. I threw away all the books, all the CDs, all the stuff that somebody else did that they're making a whole bucket full of money on that's really not helping anybody else. Because we're not supposed to copy what other people do. We're supposed to be an original and, and let God work through our lives the way that he wants to work through our lives. If you were smart, and I know you're smart, if you were smart, in the time of delay, from the time of believing and, and, and setting out your faith to the time it's manifested, if you think the time frame is too long, then you ought to begin to seek God and say, God, what is it in me that needs to change before this blessing breaks open in my life? And then you should be open to correction from the Lord and from those whom the Lord works through. See, I would hope that every time you come to church that there is some sort of correction that's made in your life because that could be the key to shortening the period of, of delay in your life before the, that thing becomes fulfilled. Because God doesn't want you to make a mess. Do you understand that? It's more than getting a blessing into your hand. It's because sometimes people get a blessing, they can't handle that blessing. If God brought that woman into your life today, you couldn't handle her. If God brought that man into your life today, sister, that you're waiting for, you couldn't handle her or, or him. If God gave you that business tomorrow or gave you the increase on your business, you couldn't handle it. Why? Because you can't handle where you are right now. You can't even handle your life. How are you going to handle a spouse's life? You can't even care for you. How are you going to care for a wife? You're living on some other planet, man, you're, or you're smoking something. <laughs> How are you going to handle a business if you can't even handle the job you have? Here's one. How are you going to handle the home that you want if you can't handle the apartment? 
And I say that because sometimes there seems to be a delay, but sometimes the delay is purposely put there by God because it's not the appointed time because you're not ready for it. That's why I say get ready. Perfect your life in the presence of the Lord. Be a person of faith. Perfect the things in your life that are a mess. Don't just live in the mess. Turn the mess around. Learn how to deal with your life. Learn how to work with money. Learn how to work with people. Learn how to be diligent with what you have. Ultimately, those desires are going to come to pass. So the time from the revelation to the manifestation can be either a time of frustration or a wonderful time of preparation. And in that preparation every day, so I'm going to a better place. I know it's not so good right now, but I'm getting to a better place. I know God's got something up ahead for me. I know it's coming. You've got to keep hope alive in your heart. That's how you battle discouragement. Sometimes the road's going to be difficult. Sometimes the task is going to be difficult. Sometimes you're going to stand on the sidelines and watch others prosper and abound and get blessed, and, and you're not going to feel good about it because you want to be there too. And sometimes there's going to seem to be a delay in the desires and the prayers and the requests that you have before the Lord. But if you commit yourself to the journey, if you commit yourself to not quit, to not get so discouraged, discouragement's going to come, and, and, and it's okay if you know how to deal with it. And next week, we're going to go over some practical ways to deal with that discouragement when it comes in, because there are some things that I have learned along the way, practical, simple little things that you and I can do that can overtake discouragement right at the onset. But if you don't learn how to deal with that discouragement, ultimately it's going to bring you to the place of doubt. You're going to doubt yourself. You're going to doubt your ability. You're going to doubt the promises of God. You're going to doubt God himself. And ultimately, the devil will have his way with you. You will compromise the very thing that you are seeking God for, or you'll make some sort of compromise in your life. Could have had this, settled for this. Could have been there, but I settled for here. Because I got discouraged and I threw in the towel and I quit before my time. Discouragement will bring you to doubt, and doubt will ultimately bring you to compromise. You've got to be in it to win it. Otherwise, you will never, ever win it. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC radio ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors.
This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.